Welcome to Kick-Ass Radio, hosted by Joe Sainsbury, founder of Kick-Ass Women. Join Joe over the next hour as she shares stories and conversations that are both inspiring and empowering. Having spent over 30 years in the corporate sector, Joe Sainsbury kicked off her heels and became a coal train driver working in the rail and mining industry. It has been her goal ever since to empower and support women who are considering a career change into an industry role, making the transition as smooth as possible. Joe is a walking, talking success story of how taking the plunge into industry can open up a world of opportunity. And you can do it too. If you're a woman working in industry or considering a career change, this is the radio station for you. Let's get into this episode of Kick-Ass Radio. Hey there, Glowgetters. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Am I excited for today's show? You bet you're kick-ass I am. Now, speech pathology for all ages. One of the biggest misconceptions about speech pathology is that it's a therapy just for children with speech disorders like lisps or stutters. However, speech pathology includes assessment, diagnosis and treatment and can be applicable to people of any age. Now, because the role of a speech pathologist is varied and often misunderstood, speech pathologists study, diagnose and treat communication orders, including difficulties with speaking, listening, understanding language, reading, writing, social skills, stuttering and using voice. They often work in a team with other health professionals to help people with a range of difficulties, but they work with individuals as well and they help you um, to use and understand language, fluency, reading, writing, eating and, and drinking disorders and inabilities. So children and adults with communication difficulties may experience mental health issues and behavioural problems, have poor self-esteem and struggle to manage social relationships and sustain employment because of their lack of self-confidence with their speaking ability. So speech pathologists work with people, their family and carers and other professionals to explore a wide variety of communication and swallowing therapies. So in order to shed more light on what we don't know about the work of a speech pathologist, today we're going to learn all about speech therapy from our amazing guest, Jenny Matthews of Bayside Voice Centre, who is a next level speech pathologist and voice coach. You are listening to the Kick-Ass Radio Show Kickstart, where we talk about all things women working in non-traditional roles in varied male-dominated industries, and I tell you how it is. I'm your host, Joe Sainsbury, the Glowgetter. I hope we can keep you in good company over the coming hour. A huge shout-out to all the women working out on track and on site today and tonight all over the globe. May you stay safe and have a fantastic day or night shift. And this might also be a good time for a trigger warning that today's show may and does contain some adult language. Let's get into it. Hello, Jenny, and welcome to Kick-Ass Radio Show. Firstly, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show and for sharing some of your valuable time with us today. I know you are super busy, but I also know that we are going to enjoy your company and we're going to learn and we are eager to learn lots of information off you today about how we can improve our speech. So to kick things off. Firstly, tell us a little about yourself and your career journey and what made you pursue a career as a wellness or a wellness, like a a speech pathologist and like improving our voice and our wellness there. (laughs) Well, uh, so just firstly, I'm a daughter of a builder. 
Uh, I'm a wife of a tradesman, an electrician, uh, retired though. It's very hard to get hood help when they're in your own home. I just exactly. uh, <laughs> He works more in management. Uh, and I worked as a speech pathologist mainly in schools for 20 years. Uh, but I've had this passion for voice uh, specifically as a part of that, that professional field. And the last few years I have um, branched out into my own private practice, uh, supporting people with with sore and husky voices uh, who might be talking over lots of background noise on their work site uh, and might have a work cover. Some sort of uh, difficulty with their voice. Uh, and I'm also a mother of two. My kids are 12 and 10. Excellent. So that's sort of a little bit about my... My, my statistics, I suppose, uh, but I'm 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 really passionate about communication, mainly because oh, I feel when you have positive communication with your audience, with your business colleagues, with your family, with your friends, then that's where you can really enhance your connections and your relationships with people and take what you want to say to the next level. Uh, and so often, uh, you know, we have varying skill levels uh, in communication and other areas. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you about uh, sort of, you know, things that your listeners can do to they communicate uh, with their community. And that is key, like communication. We all have, you know, self-doubt about speaking publicly because we don't, we don't like the sound of our voice. We don't think we speak um, eloquently enough or, you know, um, it's not um, comprehended where we, we can't um, get the, the words out in a comprehensive way. So to build self-confidence in your speaking is, is a great tool and um, definitely your, your service in providing that resource is very much um, a sought-after for a lot of people that do and have I, that I lack of self-confidence. Sort of got into it. I initially got into it because I was a bit of a drama queen <laughs> at school. Um, I, you know, I really loved, enjoyed that performance side. But then uh, as I sort of got closer towards the end of high school, I realised that I perhaps needed to have a bit of a backup plan for being an actress and so went into speech pathology, you know, as a way of uh, still sort of keeping my fingers in that uh communication oh. world uh but you know um from more of that uh health perspective i suppose and like when we um when we talk about people that have difficulties and they have difficulty communicating because of there's a lot of contributing factors there's developmental developmental god i'm flat out getting my words out today developmental <laughs> delays stroke brain injuries learning disabilities mm. intellectual disabilities cerebral palsy, mm -hmm. dementia, hearing loss. That's another big one, isn't it, hearing loss? Yes. And as well as, you know, there's a myriad of other problems but um, that can affect our speech and language. And a lot of people don't realise that, do they, that, that actually all those factors do contribute to your voice. And that's right, and your voice, that's right. So over the years have worked across that whole Spectrum communication, supporting communication, uh, and you know I've I've 
got that passion on the actual voice, on how it sounds, how you can use the volume, how you can make it sound rich and full or um, uh, versus sort of weak and squeaky. <laughs> um, and as you said, there's such a variety of issues that can contribute to having voice difficulties. And one of the things that we're finding, you know, the last 18 months, of course, uh, is uh, having to wear these lovely masks yeah. all the time and people are sort of feeling that strain uh, on their voice instead of sort of using uh, their, their whole vocal system really effectively. So do you want to do you want to just explain that to us a little bit more now, or do you want to look at that later? Your mask you just um, picked up. So what can we what can we improve with ourselves in our speaking when we're wearing our masks? Well, there's a whole sort of range of research that's been happening as well around what kind of masks is going to be mm-hmm. more effective if you need to be heard, uh, and so from a from an environmental perspective, I particularly like the cloth mask because you know that you can reuse them. Uh, however, uh, what I've started to use more of the surgical mask because what happens when you're wearing a cloth mask is that you generally the cloth will be very, very close to your lips and it not what, it, what happens is it muffles the sound. So instead of hearing the word muffle, you might think, did she say muffin? Mm. <laughs> what, you know, and, you, and so you get this confusion between words. While with the surgical mask, even better, you know those ones that look like a duck, the duckbill yes. mask? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they've got all this space in front of your lips. Mouth. So you're, you can, you can articulate and enunciate perfectly, <laughs> but... Uh, what what happens is it gives you lots of space for your lips and your tongue to move and not be impeded by uh, yeah. the the material yeah. touching yeah. it. That's right. So it's not so much the volume that's the issue; it's the clarity yeah. of what you're saying that is impacted by the mask. So if you do need to be, you know, um, speaking with a mask, then going for your um, duckbill type. One or mm, your yeah. surgical type mask is the way to go compared to your cloth mm. mask. Mm. Yeah, so uh, some things like I said, I've already said uh, enunciating yeah. and really <laughs> o- over articulating. You think you're, you know, overdoing it, but for yeah. the person who's listening on mm. the other end, they just hear a nice clear sound mm. flowing down a little bit. Um, that that helps the listener as well. So. Uh, there, then those couple of little, just those little things that you can change uh, about slowing down and over articulating that will help the listener be able to hear what you say a little bit more clearly. Uh, and so then you don't have to repeat yourself as many times. And that and that opens the, the mind then when we hear you talking about that because I know I get frustrated when I can't speak properly behind the mask and, you know, and mm-hmm. then reciprocating when you're trying to listen to someone speaking you're saying oh can you say that again please you know and, and yeah and yeah. you're trying to actively listen the second time around yeah. rather than doing it the first time and only having to do it the first time but yeah so that yeah. definitely definitely um creates a clearer picture in the mind of how we need to speak more mm. 
what's the word? What did you say? We can, uh, we can un uh, articulate to right. you or enunciate. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Be like my lady. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you have to change your accent and sound no. like lady, but it's just more about, you know, sort of making sure that you are being really sort of clear with how you pronounce. So, so that, you know, it's, it's a bit easier to be heard on the other side of that mask. And that also contributes to like your reading ability, doesn't it? When you're, you know, reading and writing it and listening and speaking it, they all work in together. So when you can hear, when you can speak and you listen and you read, they all work together and your whole persona then lifts up, especially yeah. if you've got confidence in all those um, abilities. Exactly. Communication is in those different modalities, as you say, there's, there's the speaking, the listening, the reading, the writing, and then there's also the non-verbals uh, that we often forget about that at least 75% of the message that your listener gets is from your body language, body language your yeah. facial expression and the tone of your voice. Mm. So uh, that, that's a really important thing to think about, particularly in interviews, uh, in you know, online meetings, things like that. That it's not, it's not how you say it. It's, it's not what you say. It's, it's how, how you say it. Mm. Exactly. That's right. Um, one thing that I thought might be uh, quite relevant to raise in that um, when, when we're talking about different modalities of communication. Uh, I, as someone, I, I still do work in schools and I work with high school students and a lot of the students that I work with have uh, difficulty with understanding language. So English is their first language, so difficulty with understanding language, uh, difficulty with reading, difficulty with writing and just with some of the higher level language where like you might be on a work site and there's lots of jokes that are word-based jokes where there's all these double meanings and some of those jokes might just go over your head. A mm. lot of the uh, high school students that I work with, they choose more practical uh, job avenues because they have struggles with those areas. So um, just to address the fact that a speech pathologist can work with you to help you develop those areas, particularly when, you know, when, when you're on the job site, you need to be able to follow instructions, follow mm. the manuals, follow this health and safety information that's being provided to you. And if you're with understanding, listening, explaining, reading or writing, then there, there is, there is uh, help available to help you access that on the on the work site as well yeah and and that's right it it opens up so much um more community or it undoes those barriers doesn't it when you when you mm. correct all those so um yeah that's right with now I understand that you've experienced some challenges with your own voice so can you tell us about those mm. and how you conquered those challenges and came to find your mm. voice yeah, so uh, when I was in primary school, I myself felt like I was a slow learner 
and I was often afraid to speak out to ask for help uh, or was uh, had trouble interacting with other who were in uh, my friendship group and circle and would would feel like I was on the outside and I was was the younger uh, younger end of the uh, kids in my grade. I had started sort of early uh, and I ended up being repeated as well. And confidence wise, I felt like, oh, well, you know, obviously I'm not smart enough to be able to keep up with the other students. And I ended up when I was doing work, I would not only not ask for help, but I would also lie about, oh, this person stole my work. I was too afraid to ask for help for how to do it. Uh, And there are are ways where obviously you can get support from from your school team, but there are other ways your confidence as well. And for me, it was by engaging with speech and drama where it was a very small sort of you know supported environment where I was doing lots of practice and repetitions of reading and speaking aloud and then um, actually then you know having the opportunity to perform and then that took the next step to when I got into high school and I started to do more drama theory well then it took to practicing my writing skills as well so uh, by by having one area that I felt really supported in and passionate about then I started to that that confidence started to spread through other areas of uh, my life and being more confident in myself to speak out and uh, to to realize that oh I can learn and I can uh, you know, join in and participate in in conversations and not always be five steps behind and, and joke along with everybody else. Yeah, and I know that used to be such a big thing. Like when I was in primary school, I actually did verse speaking and did it throughout all of primary school and into I think the first two years of my high school, and that was as you said, like repetitive, just practice, 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 and then getting up on stage. And usually it would only be, you know, to the, the adjudicator, there'd only be two or three in the room. You weren't even speaking in front of a big room majority of the time. Mm. And um, it did. It was, you know, it was great for, for me back then. I don't know whether the schools still offer that now because I, I don't have school-age children. Um, they're, they're both grown up now. Um, so I don't know. Is that still practised in school these days? Uh, well, what I think is offered as options for students to feel comfortable in however they are able to perform orally is the option of, okay, we're going to, you know, do this oral to the whole class or you can come and present it to the teacher with a group of your friends if you need, you know, if you Back need up, yeah. uh, wingmen beside you to lift you up or you can do it. Uh, by yourself or you can also at home free record your performing if you have stage fright that's so crippling that you are and and that's the great thing about technology now isn't it that you know we have all of these options 
to be able to show what we know in lots of different ways. And I think that's probably another really good take home uh, for, you know, if you've got listeners who do have um, difficulty with reading or writing, obviously when we've got our phones, there are these fantastic uh, adaptations on the phones where we have the speaker loud. what you say directly into your text message or read you know you highlight and it will read aloud anything that you see on a website for you so it's you know technology is really um, providing a much more inclusive uh, way to you know engage with with um, with literacy and communication in in our workplace it's great and it is it's um it's phenomenal what technology does and I'm technologically challenged at the best of times, but I love learning about it. I love learning new um, technology, but yeah, it's um, it can be an absolute nightmare when it wants to. But when you're saying that as well, and like, look, look at the advancement, we can actually learn different languages with these apps. So to, you know, to be able to um, speak a different language and isn't that bizarre where people have difficulty in speaking English they can actually speak another yeah. fluent language, like very another language very fluently. So, yeah. you know, the role of the tongue and the, the pronunciation of words just just is it comes yes. naturally for other people to um, it's fascinating with with second language learners or culturally culturally and linguistically diverse learners uh, that you know you can not only, you can have a really solid first language and then learning English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the olden days, you know, uh, parents were told, no, stop using your home language. They just mm. need to learn English now. And that's not the case anymore. We know that if you've got a really strong first, first language, language yeah. then it's much easier to layer and match the second language on top of that. Mm. Otherwise, you have this broken first language and a broken second, second language. language yeah. uh, so, mm-hmm. and, and as well as all of sort of the, the cultural loss of yeah. community that you can lose through, um, you know, um, not, not speaking home language as language. well. So that's right. Uh, yeah. And that's it's... certainly a message that we give mm. uh, at, at schools about, you know, keeping, keeping home language alive is really important for learning yeah. English. And, as well, yeah. And my, um, in my own family, we've um, got a new grandson, and he is his um, mother is Norwegian. So we are, you know, he's going to be very lucky. He's going to speak Norwegian and English. And um, yep, my daughter-in-law speaks to him in Norwegian now. You know, he's five months old, and and I'm trying yes. to pick up, pick it up, and like we've been trying to learn for years now. But it's, I think that's fantastic. I think he's just so lucky. Oh, to, what a gift! Going to, yes. it, it is going to be a gift to be able to yes. have a second language from birth that he is going to mm. recognize, understand, comprehend, and actually speak as well as English. That's yeah. I think we should all. Yeah, you know, all the kids of today in, in, in our society, because we are multicultural, we should all be teaching the children, you know, second or third languages to be yeah, inclusive that's right. around not only here in Australia but around the world. Yeah. Having said that, you referred to when you were looking at the, talking about the overview of, you know, reasons why people might have a communication difficulty. Some people will have developmental language disorders mm-hmm. where uh learning 
the, the vocabulary and the grammar and the complex sentences of English is really hard yeah. or perhaps they've had a brain injury or a stroke or something mm-hmm. like that where, again, you know, just just English by itself becomes really, really difficult. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and and this is the types of things that we might see when we're having conversations and people aren't getting the the jokes that have words because they only know maybe the really you know vocabulary and haven't been exposed to sophisticated nuanced um, Mm. words that's right just Mm. through through lack of experience and exposure so uh yeah you know there's there's this whole sort of um there's this whole area of when we're talking with our colleagues I suppose and being mindful of what our own bias is in our own experience and not necessarily judging other people for if they don't understand what 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 we what the what language we use um, but knowing that you know there are always ways that we can explain things differently or more simply yeah Yeah, that's right so you know lots of us are practical and visual learners yeah particularly if you know we're we're, we're in a trade sort of and uh, that's right everyone has their own learning um manner and how they, how they comprehend how they take in information and whether it's you know mm-hmm. hands or whether it's voice whether it's active listening whether it's writing it's yeah everyone's individual in those circumstances but when they build on those skills they will actually build on all of those other abilities so exactly um really interestingly uh, with the term dyslexia mm-hmm. uh at the moment is there's a lot of new research about how to teach reading and spelling and uh, the whole education system is having a quite a large shake up at the moment about the the way that we teach because there are so many there are so many students and people in the workforce who you know have struggle with reading what they need to do for their job uh, so there, and isn't there. that that's that's great to hear because dys, dyslexia, gosh, um, dyslexia has been such a, a taboo thing, hasn't it? It's been treated as a disability for how many years? Mm. It hasn't been addressed mm. in the education department. It's not addressed mm. in community, you know. It wasn't, whereas now it is becoming very prolific and they're doing a lot more um, work with it mm. and research with it. And it's great to see. And I know, uh, I know quite a few uh, ladies within networks that I'm members of that do suffer from dyslexia and are very big advocates for mm. um, education of it. And um, yes, it's it has been a struggle um, for many, many years. And especially and I think lots when of they are at school, perhaps, isn't it? Yeah, they've they've perhaps gone through you know this sort of older way of. Oh, I realise I've been just thinking. there's this sort of you know older way of teaching reading and you know now that we've sort of got more resource I I think that it's important to share that with Mm. people who have left school to go you know there actually is for you to learn learn again it's not a done deal that oh I will you know I have this this diagnosis it it Mm. won't ever happen uh, you know, we, we actually know more about what's the most effective way to teach reading 
reading and uh, spelling. And I know a lot of people out there might be going, why is a speech pathologist banging on about reading and writing? Oh. Isn't that a teacher thing? <laughs> uh, there, there's this really interesting, uh, there's this great model called the simple view of reading. And on one side is language. You need to understand the language. Mm. You can't just, I, I could I could read Spanish, but I wouldn't understand it. Mm. Therefore, it's not reading as a whole. So one side is language, and that's something that, you know, speech language pathologists have a specialised skill in. And then in the other side of uh, that, that model is the decoding side. And right at the foundation skill of being able to decode a word is being able to hear the sounds Yep. say the sounds and sound it out and speech sounds again is is an area that speech pathologists and uh, Spanish you know, is a, know, know a lot about yeah Spanish is a good one you mentioned because I um I learned Spanish basic Spanish um back in 2017 and 18 and it's exactly as you say it's by sight it's by sound it's by um um the male, the, the, the male and the female representation of yes. words mm-hmm. and um it was it was at first very hard to get around but i'm i'm quite happy that i learnt basic and um i can have a basic conversation but it it is and it, as you said associating the prefixes whether they're male or female and the words and the pronunciation of of vowels and um yeah all the, all of those Rolling your tongue and, and all of the rules. Yes. So one, once you crack that code, yeah. then you go, oh, I get it. Mm. And that's what you know. What can be um, the difficulty okay. that people have is that they haven't had the code explained Explain really them. clearly. That's right. exactly. and how, empa- so, how empowering for someone that's oh, suffered from dyslexia for for all their life, and to have this resource now and coaching to say, hey, we can help you. Let's see how yes, we go right. and, so and, and guide them through it's that. It's so rewarding. Yes. To, yeah. Mm, definitely. Really rewarding to see those people. Yeah. Mm. All right. So in your role as a speech pathologist and a voice coach, yeah. um, I think we've been talking about this anyway, so what are the main areas of therapy and um, what interests you the most in, in that field? Well, so, yes, we've just talked, you know, mm. some about uh, language literacy. Uh, I think. What I've really liked to the the path that I've gone down privately because of my passion is the voice and how it sounds and being able to uh, think about that you want to use your the way that you breathe and your and your tummy muscles nice and loud. I you know I know that we're, if we're on a really loud job site with lots mm. of background noise we can't have this really thin weak high squeaky voice mm. we're just not going to be heard it's not going to be strong and we're not necessarily going to be taken seriously either so um concern is is that when people are trying to be this sort of use a loud strong voice is that they wrongly can push from their throat and if you ever feel pain or strain around your throat then you're not doing it right 
okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially we should be instead of using these teeny tiny muscles that we have in our throat we should be using our really big diaphragm like which are often hidden but they're there (laughs) um and using that to um to control the air out to Mm -hmm. be to be louder Mm -hmm. and then the other area that i work with for people to sound really loud and have that rich sort of quality uh, people say uh, voice for kick-ass radio is that rich resonant sound and resonance is when you use the space in your head some people say oh I've got a lot of that um, <laughs> the space and we don't like so when when you're in a cave and you say hey and it echoes back you're not making a really loud noise what happens is the ver- reverberation <laughs> on the space that's what amplifies the noise and so i work with people any any type of people who need to be public speaking or to be speaking to a crowd to go okay how are we incorporating your breath control and your resonance so that you get that loud powerful confident Mm. sound without injuring and hurting your throat yeah yeah all right so So that's something that i really love yeah, definitely a lot to um to learn there. Yeah. So language disorder, articulation disorder, like their speech sound, fluency disorder, stuttering, feeding yeah. or mm-hmm. swallowing. So that was inter- something interesting when I was like doing a bit of research for this, um, the swallowing disorders. So how does that, where does that come about from? So is that from the esophagus? And- well, so basically a speech pathologist, studies everything from here (laughs) everything in this space so and that includes swallowing so uh, you know when I'm doing uh, work around the voice box around the larynx uh, when when you're making noise your vocal cords or your vocal folds they vibrate together but when you breathe your vocal folds open so that the breath can flow through that space and well when we're swallowing we don't want liquid or food to go down into our lungs so we want to make sure that our vocal folds are closing nice and tightly creating a seal and sometimes if you've a stroke or nerve damage parkinson's disease uh you know think things like that you can actually have uh an impact on your swallowing because of the structures in your throat okay so uh yeah can be a lot of trauma there yeah yes you can that's right so uh, speech pathologists are able to do swallowing assessments as well. And and there's a lot of that with speech pathologists who work in hospitals and in aged care facilities as well, mm. um, you know, making sure that people are still able to manage manage their food really safely. You uh, to, uh, you know, be healthy. Uh, yeah. And... And in, in situations, for example, uh, where people might have something like Parkinson's disease or motor neuron disease, something like that, where people notice the sound of their voice and sort of the, the changes in their body, actually what, what often um, can be uh, the, the issue that uh, they deal, have the most difficulty dealing with is swallowing which can lead to liquid and food going down their lungs and causing aspiration pneumonia 
okay. Yeah, so so yeah. That it, it, it's quite it's quite a a, a, a dangerous uh, thing to yeah, think you want definitely. to you know have someone you know, monitoring and keeping on top of. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. Well, I never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots lots to learn there. So yeah. introduce us to your business, aptly named Bayside Voice Centre, and tell us what kind of mm-hmm. services you provide at the centre. Well, so at, at my clinic, I am able to work with you one-to-one, mm-hmm. either face-to-face or via telehealth. Of course, that's been of uh, a silver lining, I suppose, we can, you know, out of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, is that, you know, we're able to connect with people, you know, in more rural and remote areas who would not have had access to a speech pathology service before. Uh, So I work one-to-one with people generally who have a particular goal or they might have a particular problem uh, that they want to fix and achieve. But then I also do uh, workplace training for groups of workplaces where they their their employees either are at risk of developing a voice disorder for example a group of gym instructors or teachers or a group of public speakers uh, to go okay this is how to care for your voice and prevent any issues because you're at risk Uh, and also you know we can do more in-depth training I suppose for people who don't necessarily have that at-risk profile but who want to take their voice to the next level because part of their job is interacting with clients and colleagues and they want to sound that little bit more professional or, uh, you know, achieve something for a particular presentation, something like that. That's more the vocal coaching side of things. Uh, yeah, so um, it, there's a lot, lot, lot of um, breadth and it's something that I, I feel really about and really blessed to be able to and, and you'll and notice that, that I'm having lots of water all the time because <laughs> I mentioned to Joe as we started that is the first rule of voice care is hydrating your vocal cords regularly I, I did say have you got a glass of water ready <laughs> yes that's right if you think about when your lips or hands are dry in winter and they get all dry and cracked well it's okay. a little bit like that your vocal folds are a little bit like that as well because they rub and vibrate together millions of times you want them to be well lubricated and not have any friction otherwise that's when you can develop things like what vocal nodules stuff like that so uh, keeping on top of your hydration is really important I'm not one to say don't drink alcohol or don't drink coffee but they do dehydrate your vocal cords. Mm. So if you're going to do those things, make sure that you're balancing with your water as well. And we'll we'll delve into that a little bit deeper because that's going to be my next question actually is how we can mm. just train our voices. So we'll have a little break, listen to one of the show's sponsors and we'll be back Wonderful. to um, continue on. Hey, Glowgetters, have you heard about Kick-Ass Women? Founded by Joe Sainsbury, Kick-Ass Women is dedicated to empowering and supporting women who are considering a career change into an industry role. Visit our brand new website at www.kickasswomen.com.au or follow Kick-Ass Women on Facebook and LinkedIn today to keep up to date with all things Kick-Ass Women and the incredible opportunities and content we have for you. 
See you there, glow getters. Thanks for tuning back in. And we are chatting, and we're chatting using our voices to Jenny Matthews, speech pathologist of Bayside Voice Centre. So, welcome back, Jenny. Now, let's jump to our main focus. When it comes to our voices, how best can we train and educate our voices to prevent vocal damage and what does voice therapy enhance? So voice voice care, the number one rule of voice care is hydration. So everyone should be regularly have it taking around their, their bottle of water so that they can make sure that their vocal folds are nice and lubricated so that you know there's no friction that can cause impact damage just a little bit like when you're when you're repetitively holding a hammer or playing learning guitar for the first time and you develop these calluses on your hands and well calluses because instead of having a nice clear crisp closure as they come together then they don't close and that's where you get this sort of rough sound uh, and and quality uh, because, yeah, there's not this crisp, clear closure. Mm. So lots of hydration, that's really important. And you can also do that through steam. Oh, okay. Golden day thing of, ha- of, of putting, putting your head yeah. over a bowl of steam. Yeah, with a towel over it. We used to do that to clear our sinuses and, you know, you had the head cold. Yes. Oh, sure. So well, it is actually, it is things. beneficial. It is. You can buy ones that um, specifically go over your nose and mouth directly so that it goes straight down into your, um, into, into your throats. But, um, you know, ha- having, having a nice steamy shower will, will help, but not quite as much as if you have one of the ones that go over your nose. So that's the hydration. Uh, there are a few sort of red flags, I suppose, that can put you at more risk of having a voice difficulty. Uh, and so some of those things are if you've got a respiratory disorder like asthma or COPD or COVID, if you have long COVID, uh, where that's where it doesn't just go away after five days, but it you know sticks around. When, 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 we're, when we're talking, the power of our sound comes from our breath. So if you have an underlying respiratory difficulty, mm-hmm. breathing difficulty, then that can flow onto your voice. Okay. Another area where at least 50% of people who have a voice difficulty also have under reflux. So if you think about, you know, that feeling of, oh, I've got that feeling of acid and burning in my throat. Well, the tissues in your throat are really delicate. And if you've got acid sitting on them and eating away at those delicate members, that can cause damage that um, you end up, the, the sound of your voice can be affected. Okay. And so breathing, reflux. And what was my other thing? Oh, yeah. and another thing that might be relevant for your I know our listeners is also any any type of irritant it could be dust it could be chemical it could be smoke it could be anything that is being inhaled or affecting and sitting on uh you know your the the tissues of your throat can impact on the health of your voice as well so these are some underlying issues that when 
you know, we look at, oh, my voice has changed and it's lasted more than 10 days, you should always have a chat with your doctor saying for any reason, if your voice change lasts for more than 10 days, are there things that we, is there anything we need to rule out or it's time to actually go to an ear, nose and throat doctor and they put a little camera down and have it and, and check out like, um yeah so yes i've covered yeah that most most of those things i think that the last thing is probably shouting where we're pushing from our throat like i mentioned a little bit earlier instead of shouting pushing from here Mm. and you can even see my that really hurts you can see my throat muscles got pushing from here Mm. and it gets so tense and that's, that's really dangerous. Uh, so instead of using those tiny muscles, we want to use our big, our big tummy muscles to control the sound. Yeah. And, and, and when you're highlighting that, um, that definition there, you think of, you know, when people are in conflict situations and all that pressure is, you know, it's, it's, it's exuding from that area, isn't it? The veins and the, yes. the throat's pumping. So yes. that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's oh, all... I'm so glad that you raised that, Joe, because that is exactly what happens in those those situations, situations where you feel conflict, tense mm. emotion. What's happening at this level is your little caveman brain pops open. You're not thinking logically mm. anymore. Your little caveman brain pops you open club and essentially <laughs> and essentially goes, "Ah, I'm about to be eaten." tiger i need yeah. to protect my body and mm. what happens here is that your vocal folds close so that you know you don't get anything going down the mm. airway and also the muscles above them start to close as well and you know how people say oh gosh i have this choking feeling mm. true that is physically what's happening, happening. because yeah. your body is reacting in a way to protect the airway from from you know anything going down the wrong Mm. way exactly so there are ways of releasing that tension so uh would you like to hear about some of those so that when you're in those freak out situations you know how to override the caveman response we definitely know. We definitely want to know about that. But before we say that, I just want to say when we're working in industry, when we're talking about ingesting, you know, like that's why PPE is so important when you're working with the industry. If you're working in those dust um, pollutant areas, especially like we have the coal dust, um, then you have what about painters, you know, the, the yep. fumes, um, auto refinishers, panel beaters, they have highly toxic environments they work in and they, you know, and you kind of resonate with people that you know that work in those industries. And yeah, I'm thinking about their voices now, thinking, yeah, well, they probably haven't used, the, you know, PPE all their working career, but no, that, that's, that's right. the effects of it now. And um, and there's so much more that can affect, you know, their lungs and and everything else that filters down through that airway. It's um, exactly yes. That's so those, right. Those the PPE is about very your, your stone your stonies people like that. You know yeah. where plaster is all, yeah. all you know all of that. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So definitely now tell us how we can um, manage our. I'll tell you the situations. 
Yeah. Okay. So essentially what you're wanting to do is to open your airway back up. Okay. Because it's, it's slammed closed. So the, the first way and the most obvious way is to just breathe. And you go, yeah, I'm stressed out. I can't just, just <laughs> suddenly tell myself to breathe. So we need to just so calm there are a couple of ways. That's right. So can do, you know, the either the short, sharp breath through the nose, because anytime you do a short, sharp breath, it's forcing your airway open. Okay, so if you're not necessarily in the middle of everybody, you know, you're about to go on stage, if you're about to do a presentation, you're about to go into a meeting, doing, doing nice. that, that mind sharp breaths where you're actually opening, um, you're forcing your airway open in a really fast way that uh, makes it be automatic. That's, that's one way of doing it. Another way, which is really very socially acceptable, and you might have little flashbacks to your do your verses on stage, is where they always say, smile, everybody. Now, when, again, we get this flow down effect where we're relaxing muscles below the smile as well in our throat. So when you're on stage in a choir and they're telling you to smile, it's not only because it looks pretty, it's also because they're wanting you to open your airway mm, and, and be, go. you know, and, and allow the, the air and the voice to come out really smoothly instead of in a really tight, tense way. So uh, a way that I explain it is called the silent giggle, where you're having this private joke and you do this, this little this little it, silent laugh to yourself that's a good little you might think about that that you yeah. feel like a bit of an idiot but that's it yeah that's a great exactly. little giggle yeah. to yourself or socially appropriate so you might feel like a smiling before you're about to go on but that also tells your brain oh I'm safe, okay. I'm happy. Mm. Your brain doesn't know if it's fake or not. Yeah. It believes what the body's doing. So it starts to release that tension as well. Mm. Okay, so just some of those really excellent little tips. The obvious tips yeah. uh, about smiling and doing those short, sharp breaths uh, to, you know, open your airway, that they are things that will override that, that caveman response. Uh, of of your brain trying to trying to shut you down, and that's it's that's a really great. And, yeah, it is a great um, analogy anyway, because it, it can be said that our voice is the primary link between our mind and our body. Um, so, with the appropriate mindset and awareness of how to use our voice properly, we can exercise control over how we speak, improve our infect- effectiveness, and do so much with so much more confidence. Mm. So, and there are lots those more little, techniques yeah. to release tension, but you yeah. know that that's something that that I um, do do more more one to one as people you know, require different techniques to resonate with different people. You know, some people think that the silent giggle they go, oh, that just feels ridiculous. I can't do that. But you know, there's other strategies like stretching or 
like, oh, I'll give that a go. All right. No. Um, and the, the last one that I really like, which is perfect for at the start of the morning or the end of a long the sigh. It's when we yawn, when we out. embrace our yawn. Oh, I'm going to yawn now. <laughs> Good. Embrace the yawn. Everyone can yawn right now as you're listening because the whole purpose of a yawn is to get more oxygen into your body, right? And so when you yawn and you feel that actual intake of your throat opens out, opens up and stretches. So you get a stretch on the inside of your throat and you're releasing tension. It's really lovely. So it's this yawn. Oh, open, easy feeling sound that comes out. Really nice to release strain. You, you'll be seeing everyone going around having their little silent little laughs, the yawning. Exactly, and- <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, it, it, but and with the masks, who knows that you're doing a exactly, yawn? Exactly, that's right. Yeah, it is perfect. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And so- and having the capacity to project appropriate sounds can make a critical difference in the way that we're perceived and the way we're treated. Like we said earlier, you know, when used effectively, yes. our voice can work in our favour and enhance our personal and professional relationships in all manners. Mm. So, yes, I actually asked my husband last night about you know talking to you today about you know females in in the workplace and and his. His feedback was, which I thought was very apt, was that, you know, you want to come across as confident. Yes. Yes, good. This is, this is what I want to. And you don't necessarily want, you don't, you don't want to play the gender card. No. But you do want to show that, you know, you're working hard and that's building your respect. But pretending to be the, to know everything, that's yeah. what, you know can get you unstuck so that you know feeling building the relationships with people where you can show that you can ask for help and and say you know oh I'm not sure about that I need to get back to you that honesty and and bring and it's not about losing your femininity I think it's about showing that you trust your own knowledge and skills to to be able to stand your ground. And I think that's one one thing that I really wanted to sort of just share as well is around that spectrum of conflict, yep. people who are passive, assertive, or and again, if you've got people in your workplace who may have uh, not may not have great language skills, may not have great social skills. Uh, and are very practical uh, learners and how they interact is very hands-on and uh, they they can tend to be that blow-up type aggressive and use their body to intimidate and their volume to you know to get to get their their message across and they might be you know those types of people who might you know blame or accuse or deflect things um, because of their own discomfort of that I'm not understanding what she's saying to me so I'm just going to mask that and you know get all you know I'm really hear me roar (laughs) Um, but you know it's it's important that we do as women develop those communication skills so that we can 
simply in simple vocabulary so that everyone's understanding our message, get it across in, in using that strong voice. It's okay that afterwards you go to your trusted your trusted mate and, and have a bit of a meltdown. Down, yeah. And my but it, it is that it's a person that the, the, the chicks do that too. <laughs> and it is it's about it's about standing in your own ground having the confidence and using your voice and not being overconfident and not being afraid to ask for help and all of those combine into being your authentic self and you need to earn respect you can't just it can't just be given so when you're in that situation and environments you do need to keep it real and when everyone else around you sees that you are real and you are Putting genuine, out, that's right. Wanting to learn, you have an interest in what you're doing. It's it it yeah. It plays so much. It's into, very powerful. It is very powerful, and they and, will. And they the people will, who are more passive, I suppose, who haven't found their their confidence yet. It, it's it. You can hear it in their voice. That's you right. You can see it in their body, in their body language. language. Remember, I said at the start. It's. It's not about what you say, mm. it's about how you say it's it. People who are passive, yeah. their, their whole body and their face are literally hiding because mm. and they're giving off that that vibe of being afraid and not mm. being confident. So it all comes back to, you know, your standing tall, you know, shoulders mm. back, anchoring your back muscles, doing literally a Wonder Woman pose. Mm. Holding your ground, yes. They're Actual research shows if you stand in a Wonder Woman pose with yep. your legs apart, hand, hands on your hips for two minutes, you your brain feels more confident and able to, uh, you know, conquer that meeting. You know, and, so. and, and that is true because I, I have read an article about that and they promote that yeah. to do the Superwoman yes. pose. Yes, that's right. Exactly. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, before if you're feeling nervous before before you're about to do something, Stand in your Wonder Woman pose. Have a bit of a giggle to yourself, your silent giggle, uh, you know, <laughs> smile, and then and then go out there and smash it. <laughs> and you've just answered my next question, actually, because I was going to say lots of um, how, how can we calm those nerves when it comes to presenting to a group, public speaking and the likes. So you said that a little bit earlier, like do those, um, practice those little tips that you shared with us, the mm-hmm, yawn and mm-hmm. the, the sneaky little... Yeah. Um, laugh and um yeah that's right the the, the short quick breaths um all that does contribute and like consistency makes a big difference doesn't it when you when you're practicing that especially yes and and consistency practicing builds our confidence because we we get confident in in our ability to do it better each it becomes more automatic yeah so you don't have to think about that part of it anymore um it's so the more automatic. you need something exactly just like you know if you're when, when you're building something the more often you've done that motor movement you don't have to think about it so yeah, much and you can right. work on actually tweaking it to you know be exactly how you want it to than actually the the process of it you know you, you don't have to think about that so much so yeah uh, but keep in mind as well that if you do have that stage fright that having that honesty with people as well about, look, I'm really uncomfortable speaking to this enormous group. There's actually a way that I can do this in an alternative Mm -hmm. way 
uh, because there there are some people out there where you can do all this confident building and it's more of a, oh. a you know a psychological thing as Being well that they overwhelming yeah if they go and stand out yes. in the center stage and there's 200 people in front of them the overwhelm mm. can be just absolutely a ball. yeah that's right yeah. so you know having a team around mm. you that you know you can have to support you support is, you. is yeah. really important we can't we, we no one does their job no you know by no. themselves in a silo no that's right so lots of people think a change in their voice is just something they have to accept as part of their job or aging so is that true like no and i think as as women we are actually most at risk when we are coming back from to, to work if we've been on an extended period of leave. Mm-hmm. It might be due to illness, it might be due to maternity leave, whatever. Uh, we, we build up this vocal fitness and we do our job for years and years and years with now, without an issue. We have a big break. It might even just be, oh, I've been on a long service leave three months holiday. And then I come back and, you know, I'm, I'm back in the background noise. I'm having to shout and I'm having to do meetings all day long. And it's what, what happened? I didn't do anything different. And it's that we've lost this vocal fitness. So there's vocal fitness. But also as we age, we do tend to lose some of the elasticity yeah, yeah. of our of our skin and muscles, don't we? And that's that's <laughs> natural progression, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It is a natural progression. So as we age, we can think about uh, the classic uh, old lady voice. Yep. What's happened is is instead of our vocal folds crisply coming together to vibrate. They're a bit floppy and they're not closing properly and we've got this air coming through instead of the closure of our vocal folds. So, uh, and again, with your, uh, as you age, there's the change of how your voice sounds, but we tend to use our voice less. So it can be a use Mm. it or lose it type skill as well. Mm. There are particular uh, approaches that I have done specifically for the aging voice one is called forte which is specifically for seniors who are have oh i'm too quiet and it's you know i i can't even talk on the phone to my my regular weekly phone call to my family anymore i'm trying to go to the bowl i'm going to the bowls club and i don't engage in any conversation because no one can hear me mm-hmm. you know so it, it affects people's participation as they age so uh, yeah, there are changes, but you do not have to put up with it, okay? Voice change, as I said earlier, if it lasts for more than 10 days and particularly it's starting to affect your interactions and your function of your job and your uh, and how you engage with your family and friends, there's definitely things that we can do about it. About it. Mm. Well, that, that's, and that's good to know. Um, yeah. That- it's it's yeah we can we can get a bit more longevity out of it maybe exactly that's right yeah Yeah. all right so our um our tone our pitch quality of articulation and inflection they deliver subtle messages about the kind of person we are so we've said all that so the better we can articulate the better we can pronounce and speak it 
it builds our, our inner confidence and that's what we project. So that's what everyone else mm. is going to perceive then, isn't it? That's right. And I think if you think about uh, sending a text message and you've received something from it from a person in all caps, like, whoa, that's yeah. all very shouty. It's the same with volume. You want to, you know, up and down the volume that you use. If you're just talking in a monotone voice all the time, that's really boring. So, again, you want to use that up and down to, to give interest and meaning to what you're saying and emphasis and excitement or suspense you can use all parts of your voice to change the change your message and make it interesting and exciting yeah that's right and, and engaging like draw that exactly, person that's right. yeah yeah so we don't um, have to be that person that everyone sits there practicing their yawn and sigh to and never do anything with it meeting <laughs> so are there any drawbacks to speech therapy and if so how would you best describe them as the speech therapist myself or as the person coming to see me i think as as both what can you what, what what's a view well, you got on both my, sides from from my perspective i love doing things with people so it's always all of the paperwork isn't it <laughs> you know, the endless paperwork time consuming Exactly, that's right. But I think when you come to be probably surprised, well, there's a lot of silly things that I get people to do. To I was going to say, release you, tension and practice. You give homework out, obviously. So it'd be like the next yeah, session. Right. Make sure you've practiced exactly. Well. So you know, people go, "Wow, I'm having to do this silent giggle and yawn, and uh, you and then I'll ask people to do these." these lip trills and things like that to release tension and <laughs> you know we we very, we very quickly build a trusting rapport because you know <laughs> with silly things <laughs> exactly as a very safe space to, you know <laughs> i often say i'm not going to leave you like this you're not going to keep doing this forever <laughs> it's a means to an end <laughs> have lots of fun and that and that's what you want to do and you want to make it enjoyable so they do actually actively engage in in the in the yeah, practice of it right. so they they feel comfortable doing those exercises and that exactly. builds that builds their trust in themselves in believing that well, if I yeah. do this exercise so I am going to get out have, of it they need to have trust in my knowledge but also they need to have that trust that you know as i said it is that safe space that we we're, yeah. we're going to do some silly things but you know, we're going to also help help reach their goal as well. I think that's yeah, that's that's the best thing, and that's that's a great feeling to be able to you know let yourself go in those silly moments because you actually embrace it more, don't you? And you yeah. you take you take it take it in much more in a deeper context of of learning. Then mm. so you you just fully mm. relaxed. You're getting into it into the moment, and and I think because I've you know, worked over the last few decades in schools, kids, they don't, they get bored easily mm. and they don't take any crap either. Mm. You know, you need to actually make it real and make it meaningful for them. So uh, because I I have more of a functional approach where I'm you know, listening to people's goals and what they want to achieve as opposed to just focusing on a medical model of diagnosis, 
yes, that's important, you know, in assessing and knowing what approach to use. But for me, I'm very much led by my my client that I'm working with. And if they are happy with that, they think that they've achieved their goal, I might, in my mind, go, oh, we could tweak this, that and the other. But if they're happy, that's fine. You know, we've achieved their goal. So, you know, I, I provide the information that they need for their journey to you know, achieve what they, what they need. And that's right. And like the, the goal of speech therapy is to improve the skills that will allow you to communicate more effectively and everyone's situation is different. So what one, what might work for one person may not work for someone else. It might be a completely different area that you need to, to focus and, and build on. Yeah. So it's so until right. the same diagnosis can, there's more than one way to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so getting away from that now, now I understand you're going to be a soon to be um, published author. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I, I have uh, been in the Feminists magazine uh, that was out last late last year and yes. upcoming I will also have a chapter in the book called Dear Inner Child. It more into that, that personal journey of finding right. my own confident voice as well yeah oh it's excellent That's congratulations exciting. and yes it's it's a great outlet um there's another a learning thing like when you can pour it out and write it down that's mm. great articulation if, for for reading and if writing you had told, if you had told nine-year-old jenny that she would be a, an author and you know telling other people How the ways speak. that they could communicate with confidence uh yeah it, it's just really it's, it's been a really lovely journey to journey. be able to come myself and now model that for my own children and help other rewarding it's it's great so yes congratulations and we'll look forward to um to seeing that come out and Thank we'll you. um have to come back to you later in the year and and find out all about that and more about it sounds good Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners, Jenny? Do you have any special offers or any any other advice to to hand out to us? Uh, well, I think that your voice, who you are, the way that we you and your voice is part of your identity, and so. If you have voice changes, it's really important that you reach out to your doctor and and say, I'm, this is something that I'm concerned about and that is impacting my my life. I need some support here. And you know that. And as I said, there are trained professionals, speech pathologists, who uh, really love voice care, and uh, I'm able to not only see you face-to-face, but uh, via telehealth as well. So uh, for, uh, I know last year when I had the Feminists magazine come out, I was doing a 10% off for anyone who wants to engage with that one-to-one therapy. And if uh, corporate organisations would like uh, training that I was throwing in uh, staff 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 screening uh, complimentary as well so it's nice to know what what your staff needs are and then to be able to risk manage accordingly 
and that increases a good workplace culture by providing and and um, nurturing your exactly. staff in those in those areas exactly. as well. And yeah, that's um, right. I know you're very passionate about helping professional voice users and individuals who use their voice in a volunteering capacity, and that's also in like sports coaches as mm, well. Yeah, that's so right. That's yeah, another little so, area. Yeah, I've gone down to my local netball coaching, you know, and did, done a little voice health safe healthcare session for the coaches and the referees. And I can so, I can relate to that because I used to be the footy mum on the side yelling out all the time. I think I needed probably. A gag half the time. <laughs> a little personal. Not so much voice coaching. Device. Yeah, a loud hailer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Jenny. It's been a great conversation and one that's um, sometimes it's not entered into quite so liberally because we just we take things for granted too much, don't we? We that's just right. and, we, and we accept that, you know we not accept everyone realizes without without question. Yeah. Yeah, we don't realise the help's out there. So we don't have to take those those sore horse voices as, you know, as a, it's just part just of how it is. Yeah, no, it's cool. not. You can, you know, get that. Support. Very much for uh, having me on, Joe. I it's, hope that there's been some practical tips that your listeners have been able to take away from today. There's been lots of great shares, Jenny. So... We thank you again. It's been a great conversation. We'll put your links up in the show notes and on our website for anyone wanting to reach out to Jenny. We say to you, take care and stay safe, particularly in these uncertain times as we still um, progress through the pandemic. And we look forward to catching up with you a little later on in the year to see how you're going along and especially with your with your book. So we'll say thank you very much and um, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Joe. Okay. Hey, Glow Getters. Did you know that Jo Sainsbury is a published author for her book, High Heels to High Viz, and has been named an Amazon number one bestseller? Telling the story about Jo's transition from the corporate sector into industry, High Heels to High Viz acts as a guide for women who are considering a non-traditional role and career. High Heels to High Viz is available for purchase online at all leading bookstores, including Amazon, Dimex, Waterstones, and eBay. Well, that's it, guys. I do hope you've enjoyed our show and our guests. A very big special thank you to Jenny Matthews of Bayside Voice Centre. Everything that she has shared today is invaluable and I hope that you have all found the information inspiring and that it gives you something to ponder and perhaps action over the weekend. If you're having a little bit of voice control issue there or you're finding that maybe it's something that your children might um benefit from so it can be said that our voice is the primary link between our our mind and our body and we said that earlier therefore with the appropriate mindset and awareness of how to use our voice properly we can exercise control over how we speak improve effectiveness and do so with confidence speech pathologists help people with communication and various voice challenges and problems and speech pathologists often work in a team as we said with with other health professionals to help people with a range of difficulties. And Jenny is the prime example of speech therapy, empowering one voice at a time. As always, I really appreciate you guys giving me your time to listen to the radio show. You can find more information on the episode and Jenny in the show notes or on my social media pages or visit my website, kickasswomen.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get all the latest episodes sent directly to you. Well, that's it for today's show. 
Thanks for your company and thanks for listening to Kick-Ass Radio. It's not goodbye, but see you later. Stay safe and well. Keep in touch. Pause comms. Go on, get your glow on. Become a glow getter. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Kick-Ass Radio, where we kick goals and deliver empowering conversations for women. Want to hear more from Kick-Ass Women and Joe Sainsbury? Visit the Kick-Ass Women website or follow Kick-Ass Women on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. See you on the next episode of Kick-Ass Radio.